Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in again to the Wheels Up Business Travel Podcast. I am your host, Rick Versace Jr. I am also the Director of Business Development with A1A Airport and Limousine Service. And we have a pretty good show for you today. Uh, we talk with Tracy Pressler, who is the Director of Travel Services with Leggett and Platt. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Leggett, they are a components company. So they create different pieces and parts for all different products across you know hundreds of different industries. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. And we really dive into Tracy and how she's been at the company for over 20 years and why she loves working there so much on a daily basis, as well as her ongoing uh, strive to implement different duty of care best practices into her travel program and how she's been able to uh, get her travelers to adopt all the different initiatives that they've put in place over the years. So I'm excited to get started. Uh, Before we jump into it, I would love to just take a minute to, again, thank all of you for listening. And if you do enjoy the show, I would please ask that you leave us some feedback and leave some reviews. Uh, It really, really helps us, uh, and I would be forever grateful if you were to do so. Um, That's about it. So we hope you enjoy the show, and uh, without further ado, here we go. All right, everybody. We've got uh, Tracy Pressler with us from Leggett and Platt. She is the director of travel over there. Uh, How are you doing today, Tracy? Doing great. Thank you. Awesome. So uh, Tracy and I have known each other for, when did we meet each other? At GBTA last year or was it the year before at this point? Denver, two years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, and we were, we were joking around yesterday about the fact that we see each other about once every, once a year and talk to each other, you know, just a little bit more than that throughout the year. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you again in San Diego next month. Thanks, you too. Let's just jump right into it. Uh, tell us a little bit more about Leggett and Platt and uh, your role there within the company. Okay, so I started at Leggett in 88, and Leggett and Platt were a Fortune 500 components company. A lot of people think that's computers, and it is not. We are traded, we're a publicly traded company on the New York Stock Exchange, and we have between 20 and 22,000 employees globally. Uh, what we do, we have, we started off with bed springs, that was our founding uh, product, and we lumbar support systems and vehicles. We have casings and Boeing airplanes. We have green technology uh, in office furniture, uh, the products that make you go up and down. We have foam. We even have a company in North Carolina that does the linings for um, caskets. They say that you'll never wow. now. They say you'll never go through a day in your life without testing at least one item that has a legged that component in it. Wow, that, that's a pretty impressive claim to fame. Yeah, it's very diversified, which has really helped us stay an extremely strong company. You've got me looking around my office right now trying to figure out what what in my office has a Leggett part in it. Yeah, it's, it could be anything from the springs in a chair to uh, the mechanism that chair go up and down or tilt. Um, it could be, we have fabric companies, we have steel companies. We own Sterling Steel in Sterling, Illinois, that does rod. So things that have rod in it. Um, I seriously, pretty much can think of, there's probably something there. 
I was going to say, I, I, that's so interesting because I know a little bit about your company and like I had read about the, the bed springs and I, where I'm not sure if you were the first ones to ever create like the bed spring, but I didn't realize you did, you know, all of those different things as well. So we have uh, tons of patents. I mean, we, we have many, many patents. And what do you do? Uh, what does your role look like within uh, Leggett or for, uh, in regard to travel? Well, we're a little bit different than the companies. We are kind of old school events that we have a travel department inside the company and we are all employed by the company. So we are not run by a TMC. We have our own. It used to be called Rent-A-Plate many years ago, and we still have that in existence. So we are all shareholders that work here and we just have a contract with a TMC outside of Leggett that take care of all that so we don't have to have the bonding and everything with it. For me, I take care of our corporate jets. So I do all the scheduling and everything with those. I take care of all of our contracts, our air and hotel. So instead of having the TMC that for us, I take care of that in house. I have a meeting planner on staff. She handles the, I don't even know, 30 to 50 meetings we have a year. And wow. They could be 10 to they could be several hundred, as well as the different shows that we attend. She's a contact person when we take a huge groups over, like every other year we go to Inners outside of Cologne, Germany. Goes to that. We take care of visas and passports inside the office. We do all the booking of international and domestic air, bar, and hotel travel for business. We have full cars on staff. We take care of that. There are right now, there's one of us. I do not book travel very much anymore. Thank heavens. I've been <laughs> for like 35 years. So fortunately, I don't have to do that much anymore. That's good. You get to just kind of sit back and oversee it all now, huh? And take care of any issues. Yeah. And that seems to be those. And then the big projects, which we have quite a few of those going on. How many people are on your team that are all booking the, the, the travel on a daily basis? I have six that do regular tra- travel reservations besides there's We're pretty much all cross-trained. I'm a firm believer that I want my staff to be able to handle this should something happen to me or should something happen to one of them. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, that's you run into issues when if only one person knows how to manage like the hotel contracts then what happens if they decide to move on to another another uh opportunity then everybody else is left not knowing what to you know what they're going to do so uh you definitely have to have everybody cross-trained to a degree but it sounds like you guys you know take it a little bit a step further over there and just make sure everybody is fully versed in in all the different aspects of travel we try to and really I just hired an, a new person just a couple months ago and he's fresh. He's, he's never done anything with travel, but the six of us that were here prior to him, there's 120 years of experience with six of us. Wow. And before Alec joined us, we had, um, I don't think anybody had been here less than 15 years. So, so we have a, a pretty good longevity of staff. Yeah, it sounds like that. That must say something for the company itself is that if people are staying for that long, making careers. Yeah, it's a wonderful company. I mean, truly, I mean, obviously, I wouldn't be here as long as I have been because I've had opportunities to go elsewhere. But I, I truly believe in this company. 
and the people that are in it. And the, the most recent new hire that you guys had, was that because uh, someone else from the team left or you had to, or the, the team's expanding? What we're doing, even though we're a global company, our travel program has not been uh, mandated global and it's, it's becoming mandated. So we're in the process of trying to consolidate business travel worldwide and so we were trying to gear up for that. And since I was going to have to hire off the street and train them, can't just walk in and sit at the, the chair and do that. And yeah. travel agents are getting harder and harder to find. So we decided to go ahead and bite the bull and hire someone that we could train in-house, which I've done that before. And that way we would be up and running and he could handle some of the stuff that we do now while the others that are a bit more... Um, has seniority and that have been doing this for a lot longer time going with more of the international. Awesome. And how did you guys find uh, him? Alec, his name is. Yeah. I positions and I had 87 resumes. Wow. And, and truly maybe four had slight bit of this with history of travel, whether it be meeting planning or, or things like that. And I interviewed my top five, 87, right? So I, I did my top five, and there was just something about him. Personality to me means more than anything. I mean, intelligence, obviously. But I need somebody that has the willingness to learn that really get along with everybody because travel really is more about personality in my world, getting along with everybody and being able to be flexible. Yeah. And it's kind of a sickness. I think got to kind of have that high-strung change and challenges to be successful. Yeah, of course. And with a team that everyone that you know that the like uh, minimum time someone's there is fifteen years, it's even more important to find the right fit because I'm sure everybody else has you know they probably all gel so so you know well together already and everybody's got their own way of doing things. So there's probably already a very strong, uh, I guess, kind of culture within your team itself, not only within the company. So it's probably was, you know, for you as a director, like one of the most important things, just finding the the right person. And I know that's always one of the most important things, but more so than ever with you guys having like such senior people on this, on the staff. I agree. I think personality is extremely important you don't want tension in your office you don't want any of that petty stuff because we're here to do a job but also it gets very intense at times as travel does you have cancellations you have uh, world issues um, duty of care problems you need people that you can talk to and work with that want to assist one another and that our travelers really trust and they know that we're going to take care of them and I know this is probably used often, and I don't use it loosely, but I really believe that the majority of us feel like we're family to one another, as well as we believe that Leggett is a family. We refer to ourselves at Leggett as partners in progress, and that's truly what we all live. We eat, we breathe it. That's awesome. It's so important. I, I'm starting to see more and more that you know, the more successful companies and the more companies that, you know, pass the test of time and have the longevity like companies that leg it do 
I really do put such an emphasis on culture throughout the entire organization. So for, for, you know, your culture to literally be focused on the fact that all of you are partners within the company that, you know, that really says something tremendously about the company itself. Well, and I think that comes from our upper management all the way down. I think all of us uh, do everything we can to help. You know, even though I'm a director, I mean, I still take my trash out. We clean, I mean, we have cleaning crews, but in our travel department, we have it where we even clean our own offices. That way they don't have to focus on cleaning our offices after hours. That's great. I mean, to me, and maybe it's I came from family business, that I run it my family business it's it's ultimate ownership in your workplace you know it's it's your mess you clean it up like there's no passing the buck to to somebody else to you know take care of your job whether it's your job or not you guys are all involved in making sure the company is as successful as possible no matter what role you're in so it makes sense that if you can lend a hand you know why not exactly and it's awesome I think we're kind of losing that in society a little bit. Um, so for me, I want to continue to keep this in here. If you, you know, if you have it there, keep, uh, keep it intact as, as long as you can. And, and I use, I've definitely seen in the past companies that grow very quickly. You guys are huge and you're still able to maintain it, but you'll see that happening. Like you, you mentioned, you came from a family, uh, family owned business. A, our company, A1A Airport and Limousine Services, family owned. And over the years, we've seen we've definitely dealt with struggles uh, that, you know, as we've grown, that it went from not being, you know, my my mom and dad running the you know operations on a day to day. They had to you know ease back and hand off. It's just the nature of the business that, you know, as you grow, but keeping that culture of, you know, high stories oriented you know, ingrained in everybody is very difficult when you, when you're growing. So I, you know, I definitely kind of, kind of know the struggles there and we've, you know, we've luckily been able to do it and we're nowhere near even close to the size of Leggett. But, but uh, you know, you, you hear about that a lot, that companies that grow too quickly end up losing a little bit of that, that, that the stuff that made them special in the first place. Absolutely. And we're always, Leggett is always working on acquisitions as well as divestitures. I mean, that's part of the bit. We're never staying the same. You know, we're, we're growing on the areas where we can, and we're, you know, getting rid of the places that are not beneficial to us. So it's a constant chain. Yeah. And with acquisitions, it comes even harder to keep the culture because you're taking, you're absorbing someone, another company's, you're absorbing their entire culture. So to, you know, try to in, intertwine that with your own, your own, uh, you know, culture and the way everybody already acts within the organization is definitely you know, a very difficult task. It sounds like you guys have been able to do it pretty, pretty uh, flawlessly. It, it is pretty amazing. I look at it and I, I think that often, Rick, I think, wow, you know, so glad to be here and be able to pull other people together locations and they eventually get used to it. It, it can be a little shell shocking at time because we know our CEO by his first name. Um, he's a, a great man, a great man. We've had wonderful management teams and no one is a Mr. or a Mrs. or a Ms. They're all by their first name. They walk in the halls. You can call them within reason. 
and uh, they eat with everybody. We have a cafeteria. You can see them down there. I mean, everyone is a part of a group, a family. It's great to hear. You love hearing big businesses that are, you know, still able to maintain that kind of thing. All right, I want to I want to switch gears a little bit here and dive more into the the travel side of things. So I, I you mentioned earlier that you guys are constantly working on uh, different projects. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about one of your most recent projects you guys have been working on there within the travel department? Sure. Uh, last year we finally signed on our duty of care program. We'd worked on that for a while, and I, I'm definitely sold on every company having a duty of care provider. I know some companies try to do it in-house and in our case risk management was involved, human resources was involved, there were a lot of different departments that were involved but we are in full swing on that now and in fact our new person that we hired, that's part of his job is watching over for the ones that we uh, hook up to their phones so we can follow them and watch them 24-7 when they're traveling. They opt in or opt out, it's their choice. We don't require it but we offer it to all of our travelers uh, that are going abroad, especially. So it's a, it's, that's, that was a big project. I, I have files and files on that. Have you found that a majority of people are opting in to uh, be a part of the duty of care uh, program or, or, you know, is it just a few stragglers that you're still trying to get on board? How's that going? You know, everyone has a little bit of hesitation when we offer them the 24 hour service when they're traveling. Yeah, because they have to opt in on their their smartphone, but at any time, you can click off of it, right? Because we already know with the duty of care that when someone is traveling, say to London, I'll just use that because it's easy. We know their airline reservations, we know their hotel reservations, we know if they have a rental car or if they have a car and driver. However. When they go to the restaurant or when they're walking between point A and point B, we don't know where they are unless they do this service. So we have a contract to have so many of those at any one time. And I've had quite a few people very hesitant. They don't necessarily want Big Brother watching them all the time. We don't make them do that, but I try to explain to them, you know, just like cafe bombings or anything like that, how am I going to know where they are to help get them assistance if they don't opt in on this? Yeah. So again, like I said, this is a choice. I have 50, 50 on it. Percent of the people do not want it. And 50% of the people when they travel again, notify us before we even have a time chance to contact them to ask them. You have to sign in each time you travel. It's not like it's a 365 days a year on your phone. Yeah. And so people are, they're learning what it is. Some are hearing about other people and they like it. I used it just to try it out and see how it went when I went to New York just a few weeks ago. And I was in contact with my office to really test it out and see what we could do with it. And we were pleased. Yeah. And I'm sure it's like anything else right now. Some people are hesitant because like you said, they think big brother's watching, but as they start to learn that it's really there for more of their benefit and in case anything happens, not, it's not like you're sitting uh, like an eye in the sky watching them at all times. Uh, and I'm sure more and more people will start to, to, you know, be more willing to, to opt in whenever they're traveling. I don't think, you know, for us, the educating of the travelers 
to even know what duty of care is because we have insurance and it's like it's not quite the same and I don't know how familiar you are with duty of care one of the things that really sold me on duty of care and it was not from a duty of care provider but I know someone and they were in the Ukraine and in the Ukraine from what I understand I've not been there but what I understand from this person who is is Ukrainian by birth but is U.S. citizen now she was over there with her husband and he had a appendicitis attack. Well, they went to the hospital. Over there you had to pay cash. So based on the service that you received was based on the cash that you had in your pocket. It was not by credit card. It was not by your insurance company. It was truly what you had on you. Well, the, ma- wow. the majority of travelers don't travel with a huge sum of cash, right? Yeah, of course not. And they usually have their company credit card. So with duty of care, we have a, a contract So should one of our travelers have a medical emergency, they can call the duty of care provider. They will tell them what hospital to go to, and they will even take care of paying for it. Wow. So for me, having a spouse that travels, I feel really comfortable with that and travel. I like that feeling because with what she told us, he was in the hospital for one week and it was I mean, literally his medication, his pain medication, the surgeon that he had, the nursing care that he had, and even the um, level of where he was in the hospital was based on the cash they had. Now, it only cost him $1,500 for the entire thing, but they had the $1,500 to pay. Yeah, if someone walked in off the street, I know I never keep cash on me. You know, I always have a card. So if that would have happened to me, you know, I they would have told me that. Sorry, you know, see you later. You come back when go to ATM and come back, no matter what was happening to me. Right, and you know, with and with company credit cards, generally speaking, you can't go to an ATM. Yeah. So you, and with Apple Pay, people are getting very used to all the tech paying. You can't do that in some of these countries. That's the thing. And I think that's one of the biggest things that if you, I guess, educated your travelers on stories like that, they start to see the benefit of it and, and don't see duty of care as a, a burden anymore. They see it as it's really put in place for them in case anything were to happen. And and that, how do you guys, what kind of education do you do for your travelers is it you know just email marketing campaigns or do you do uh, seminars within the company well fortunately we we have our intranet so it's posted on there um we do most of the travel right book it so we're able to inform people one-on-one they automatically have the basic duty of care where they could call and they get notified by the company that we use, and we happen to use Anvil, who I'm very happy with, and they're, I think they're out of Tampa, um, Shanghai. What has been one of the biggest challenges that you've faced uh, implementing the duty of care program? I think the hardest thing was finding the one that we wanted. That was the first challenge, because there truly are a lot of really good duty of care providers. I, there was something about every one of the major ones that, that we really liked. Again, it was based on personality and fit. Yeah. Best for us. The agency that we used 
they have their preferred that they were fine with whoever we wanted to use. And we ended up not going with their preferred. We chose on our own. Um, but I think the challenge is just putting people at ease. And of course, then for international, you've got your GDPR, you've got all the different rules and regulations and laws about personal information for the different European countries. All the countries are different. So our legal team had to be involved. We had to have an inter- we have a full legal department, but we had to get uh, different international attorneys involved. There's a bunch of different things that go into that. But that goes into it with the global that was uh so that was kind of one of those things that we were we've been up against, but now that it's rolling we feel really good about it. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on getting it all up and running. How what how long of a process was that? You said over the past year you guys have been working on it? Honestly, when we started, we started talking about it. Well, it, I became passionate about it in probably 2011 after Leggett had the, or not Leggett, Joplin had the tornado. And um, so I've always been passionate about duty of care, but I didn't understand that's what it was called. And I've always yeah. been my history is uncle that was a, a pilot um, in command and he was in a plane crash and was killed many years ago then we had the tornado and my nephew was the first was killed but it took us five days with teams of about 170 people per day searching wow i'm sorry to hear that thank you so after you go through those different things you have a different grasp on it when it hits home yeah. And so for me, I look at, and I do think of Leggett employees as family. And so that was a huge concern for me. I've had several people that have been on trips that have had medical emergencies, and that was tough. Of course, we had 9-11, and I had people that were in New York. Thank heavens not on those planes. I had people in China. I had people all over. And so for me, that's always been passionate, but our risk department Something happened there and started inquiring. I just needed a team to help me get this implemented because it's not cheap. But then once legal was involved, I realized that if this saves us from a lawsuit, think about that. If someone's traveling for you on business and you don't have something in place, what can happen to you? So yeah. once everybody got involved, we just decided, okay, this is what we're going to do. So I would say it was, we were actively working on it for two years. And we were indirectly working on it for a lot longer than that. Yeah, of course. I know just in uh, you know the GBTA community and the, just the business travel community for the last couple of years, it's been a very hot topic. But like you said, before then, uh, you know, people knew what duty of care was, but maybe they didn't know really what it all entailed or they didn't know. Like you said, you, you knew you were concerned about it, but maybe you didn't know. And, and you look at the pricing. Just it makes it's one of those things that unless you budget for it, it's just tough. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. And that's why you have to get your other departments that can see what the value of this is. And it's something good when you hire people that you can offer them. It's a perk. Yeah, there really are so many benefits to it. You know, just protecting yourself from any kind of lawsuits like you you mentioned before and and like you, you mentioned that Leggett, that they treat all their employees like family. That's a huge sell. You know, if you're, if you're a kid coming out of college or 
even if you're a lateral transfer from another another industry to know that your company is that you know concerned for you and they are you know willing to spend a little bit of extra money to make sure that you are safe when traveling or or whatnot then yeah, that that really does make a difference people they don't know always people always see the hard costs but they don't always see the soft uh you know the soft benefits of it of it all i agree with you on that that's awesome. So, well, congratulations on getting it all implemented. I hope, hopefully, you know, it just continues to kind of uh, uh, be adopted more throughout the company over the next couple of years, which I'm sure it will be. Um, so other than, you know, what we've talked about so far, and I, I feel like we may have already touched on this, but I'll, I'll ask anyways, uh, what are some of your favorite parts of the job? People. Uh, yeah. And, and things change. Now, let me clarify that. I'm not crazy about change in my regular <laughs> I mean, I truly am not that crazy about change. Uh, but I think because every day is a different day in travel, it's kind of an addiction. Yeah. And I like that. And I, I truly do. I like the people. I like being able to help people. And so I really feel that a service to the travelers and I know that they're extremely grateful especially if you get them so they can attend their child's birthday party or something like that that's that accomplishment I like I like saving the company money and feeling like that's helping all the shareholders I enjoy that I love the people I work for that work for me so I, I don't know I in my head I just like I, I like it yeah, that, that's you don't have any one thing that you that's your favorite part. It sounds like the whole job is your favorite part. It, it is. I'm very passionate about it. That's amazing. Going back to what you said about you know helping people maybe get home to uh, you know make it home in time for their child's birthday party or something like that. that. That's one of the things I love the most about the travel industry is that when you're able to connect with people on a on a personal basis because yeah they're most of the time they're traveling for business but when you're able to to help them out in those types of instances it, it really can be so rewarding and you know little things like that are what make me you know just love this industry as much as i i do yes and i'm kind of i'm kind of hard in some aspects because i believe you know when you have have a job the only thing a company owes you is a paycheck for the job that you've done, right? Uh -huh. Above that is gravy. So for me, I feel like anything that we can offer people that doesn't that doesn't cost the company money, that help people along, then that's something. It's kind of a perk. Yeah, I feel like we're kind of a perk. Well, it's funny. I was talking to, uh, I don't know if you know him, Todd Cortez. Uh, he's the director of travel at CHG Healthcare. And he said that that's one of their, uh, like their main functions is they, they provide transportation and travel for uh, physicians around the country. And that it really is a, a perk for them and that they're driving the bottom line of the company so much because they're able to provide those perks and just make the trans the travel and everything so seamless for these physicians. And I think of it as kind of the same thing along the lines for your, for the employees that travel, because you, your employees are your shareholders 
and the better you can treat them and the more perks you can give them, the kind of the, it's, it's almost compensation, really. If you can give them a, a high level of service when setting up their travel and, you know, taking care of them when they're on the road and everything, it, it really does correlate into, you know, a, you know, more than just cost savings for the company. I, I agree with you totally. That's awesome. So you were talking about how you like change because the travel industry is constantly changing. Uh, where do you see the travel industry going in the next five years? Any big changes you see that are going to affect us uh, in the, the short term? I think technology is going to drive a lot of change. I think we'll see that a lot at GBTA. And, but I think most TMCs are working hard on technology. I mean, travelers, pretty much everybody has a smartphone. Um, your younger generation, I mean, they they grew up with computers in the classroom. So I think you're going to find that people, everything that's travel related is going to be technology in some way. So I think it's just going to continue to define a little bit better than what it is right now. Yeah, we're starting to see so many things that technology is already doing that's changed the industry so much over the last couple of years. Um, I know in our industry, especially the transportation industry, the TNCs have you know turned the the world upside down. Uh, but even going back to to uh, do you care, like you were saying, with everyone having uh, smartphones now, to be able to have the ability to track uh, you know uh, an employee or traveler when they're not in the vehicle or not in the, on the plane and knowing where they are walking from a restaurant or walking around a downtown, that's, that's huge. You know, that's something we didn't have, you know, one or, you know, maybe a year ago. So, and it just keeps changing so quickly. I'm, I'm excited to see what, what kind of new things are going to be at GBTA this year. That's for sure. Rick, I just hope I can comprehend it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that some days too. Uh, one of the one of the big things I'm excited about, I, I keep talking about it, is um, the integration of like Alexa and all the different voice Google Home into the travel industry. Oh, I I just said Alexa and she started talking in the background. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you, I have a hard time. I have a love hate relationship with Siri anyway, so I don't know. Putting in more of them just kind of it's difficult for me. I, I keep trying to use them just because I know that eventually that everything's going to go that way. So I'm trying to like, you know, teach myself how to use them now so that in, in five years from now, when like everybody's, that's all they're doing, that I'm not completely left in the dust. And think about that. Think of the age difference probably between the two of us, how you're trying to stay involved in that. Think about me. I mean, I'm in my fifties. And so that's, I'm like, Wow. <laughs> like this, it's more of it's I'm not gonna say a struggle because it's not a struggle it's very interesting to me to see the change over the years over the almost 35 years that I've been three yeah well I like I would imagine like things like that and there's certain things for me at least like I said I'm actively trying to stay up with it because I I definitely see it being used more in the future but even you know five years younger than me my nephew he's seven years old so much more than five years younger than me but he uses alexa on a daily basis just like it's the norm like he 
he talks to the TV and tells it to put on his shows. Like he doesn't use a remote control anymore. So like you said, like people grew up with that technology, that generation, that's all, you know, the fact that he doesn't even use a remote control anymore blows my mind. I, I, I can't even understand it. So but. do you ever think about that? I mean, that's kind of, kind of wild. If you think about how, like I remember all the different machines that we had and I even remember handwriting paper tickets way back when right you know, yeah. I was young, but I was I still remember doing it and I look at the people now and the children and I've got a I've got a 16 year old 22 year old and thank heavens we make them do a lot of stuff otherwise they would be totally sick and it concerns me I think what if something happened and they didn't have the tech yeah would would they be able to get by like I had a, a cousin who she got into her, her aunt got a new car and uh, she, she got in it and it had a key, like where you put a key in the ignition and she didn't know what to do. She was like, <laughs> she was like, where's the, where's the button for the push start there? We all just started dying laughing. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I was over in Posen in Poland the fall and one of the hotels where I went to stay was a tech high-tech hotel and i had not been in one of these before so it was kind of a little bit shocking but everything was run by the ipad the lot oh wow everything everything was by this ipad that was there i mean you'd walk into the hallway and as you progressed down the hallway the lights would come on and then the lights behind you would go off to save energy and let me tell you it, i stayed i think two nights there or three nights i can't remember and by the time i left I wanted nothing to do with technology. And, <laughs> and the person traveling with me, who is older than me, he loved it. And he wanted, where he wanted to stay was high-tech hotels. And we both, I mean, it was an interesting conversation on the flight out of there. We both were in totally different corners. That is so funny. I was very unhappy un about it. And he was very happy. <laughs> yeah, different strokes for different folks, I guess. There you go. All right, we're we're starting to get towards the end of uh, of our chat here. So the last uh, last thing I like to do is kind of like a little fire round and just a couple of quick uh, questions, more about you than anything, to uh, to kind of round us out. So uh, first question: What do you like to do for fun when you're you're not at work? <laughs> Honestly, I don't have a lot of fun. Uh, I volunteer, <laughs> and I've got our boys, and so I was real active in scouts until my son just became an Eagle Scout a year ago. I, oh, awesome. And then my husband and I also own businesses um, and properties. So truly, my day doesn't end when I walk out of here. And I'm on call 24-7, 365 days a year, pretty much. So I work. I work so my kids can eventually have fun. Yeah, you're. I we've had this conversation before. I think you're, me and I are a lot alike because even though that we're leaving our, you know, quote unquote job to go do another job I, I think that is our our kind of fun to be honest it's an addiction i'm a, i'm a, <laughs> I, I had a doctor many years ago that told me if i lived to be the age of 45 he'd be surprised because I, I'm, <laughs> Jesus. I'm a stress junkie well i'm gonna be 53 in less than a month yeah in your face doctor yes there you go i i outlived him what he said so i'm good all right. Well, then I have I have a feeling I'm going to know your answer to this next question. But uh, what is the last book you read? Yeah, I don't read very much, but I, 
kidding. It was the 100 best travel resorts in America because I was hoping that we could take a family vacation this summer. But I think we're going to table it and go in the winter and go take our son skiing because he really wants oh, That'll be awesome. Where are you guys thinking about going skiing? We usually go, I mean, in the past when we used to go, we haven't gone for quite some time. We always went to Colorado. So I don't know if we'll go to Keystone or Breck. I'm not sure. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've been down in Florida for, uh, I guess, the last 23 years now. And I grew up going up to North Carolina to to banner elk it's boone mountain skiing and i always thought i was like oh yeah i'm a pretty good uh pretty good skier and pretty good snowboarder and then the first time i went out west i didn't know what to do with myself it was a completely different world i used to ski when i was younger and my husband did too but once we had kids we just never really did a lot of that the vacations were more in the warmer climate than it was in the cooler climate so that's what that's the book i read otherwise i'm always just reading trade magazines and articles online. I'm a huge news freak. So I, I watch and read news all the time. Okay. Awesome. You got to start sending me some articles whenever you come across something good. We have to see first offline if we agree on the same type of stuff. Okay. (laughs) All right. Good, good point. I, I may, you may start sending me some stuff and I'm just like, Oh God, I have to block Tracy. No, I don't like her. (laughs) a little quiet because you know you never really know yeah of course you, you never know where someone stands yeah all right well final question then i guess uh our second to last question if you could give one golden nugget of information to uh newcomers to the travel industry or even people who have been in the travel industry for a long time for them to be successful uh what would it be um i have a couple things first i would say breathe <laughs> Because I think we get, we take ourselves a little too seriously at times. Uh, personal relationships with your vendors and people in the industry and your peers in other companies would be extremely important because none of us know everything and we can always continue to learn and we'll learn more from our peers and those people. Uh, be honest. That is extremely important. I don't promise things to vendors that I am not sure that I can meet because I want to have long-lasting relationships with them. I don't want to give me this deal for a year and then let's see what happens. I want to grow with them and have them grow with me. There's always going to be companies that are bigger, that have more volume. So it's important that people can count on you as a person and the company that you work for. I beat to a different drum at Leggett. They all know I'm flexible with the people that work for me. We don't always do what's in policy per se, which sounds terrible. (laughs) We don't break it necessarily. We're not terrible people. But for me, the people that I have surrounding me that I know take care of this company is important. The people outside of this company, I want to know that I can go to them. And the only time I want to go to them is if I really have a problem and they're going to be there for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I, I think I'm glad you gave me more than one because I think all of that is extremely, it really words to live by in any business, not even just travel industry. So yeah, just be kind, you know, be kind in everything you do. Everyone yeah. has a day. Um, I've shot off a few emails that I'm not proud of. That were misunderstandings yeah. that I've had to go back. 
I am so sorry because it's really not like me, but maybe it is. My, my first manager taught me uh, if, if you're angry, has, you, you can draft the email, but just make sure to reread it before you actually send it out. And probably wait 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Usually is helpful as well. True. All right. Awesome. And then last question, where can people get in touch with you if they wanted to, uh, you know, ask you any questions or talk to you anymore? It's uh, send me an email, which is Tracy, which is T-R-A-C-Y dot Presslore, P-R-E-S-S-L-O-R at Leggett, L-E-G-G-E-T dot com. And my number at Leggett is 417-358-8131 extension 2562 and if i get to know them well i'll give them my cell but not on here (laughs) thanks again for listening we appreciate you taking the time to check us out and hope you continue to do so as we continue to create new fresh valuable content for everybody in the travel industry on a weekly basis if you liked what you heard please rate us and leave us some feedback i promise you i will be your friend forever if you leave us a great positive rating I would love to hear any feedback or suggestions you have to help make the show more useful for the rest of the business travel world in the future. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any ideas for any new topics or if you'd like to be a guest on the show yourself. My name is Rick Versace Jr. saying thank you again for listening and we'll catch you next time on the Wheels Up Business Travel Podcast. Thanks again for listening to today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Tracy. She's been in the industry for over 20 years, so she definitely knows her stuff. I hope you were able to take away a few golden nuggets that you can put into practice every day in your work life and outside of work as well. I know there's some great stuff at the end that she talked about that I think everybody can try to implement into their own daily life. Um, Other than that, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. If uh, you'd like to get in contact with me for any reason, uh, if you want to give some feedback, if you want to talk about the podcast, if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, if you want to learn more about A1A Limo, uh, feel free to shoot me an email. My email is rickjr at a1alimo.com. That's R-I-C-K-J-R at a1alimo.com. And that's it. I uh, appreciate you listening and... Thanks again.